Welcome to the Joda Podcast. This is Joe. Uh, and that's Da. <laughs> Did you forget who I was? Yeah. It happens. I forgot. You know. Who was who? Married life. We are one. It's Joda. Yes, and that's Cooper. You can't see him right now. Maybe but, he'll make an appearance later. But uh, yeah, Cooper, you want to come up here? I think no. I'm laying, on the, I'm laying on the wires, Dad. It's okay. Come on. Come on. So today I need to um, begin this podcast by saying I'm sorry for my voice. I have been suffering from a cold um, and had some high fevers and stuff last week, which is why Joe had to do the podcast by himself. So yeah. thank you for doing that, honey. Um, but I, I am better and I'm on the mend. I'm finally back to work, but I, I've still got this, you know, I feel like Phoebe Buffet from Friends. Take your shoes, Maz, take your shoes. This chick sounds good. <laughs> like, that's how I feel. But yeah. so if I have to cough and stuff, just... I apologize ahead of time. It's going to be that kind of podcast. That kind of podcast. So today we thought about talking about uh, maybe making this into a two-part series and talk about Joe's fall. So Joe um, had an accident back in 2000, December of 2013. Um, and I'm going to let him tell that side of the story for himself of what happened. I was working at WNCX. Uh, Cleveland's Classic Rock. Yeah, in downtown Cleveland. And, of course, December, uh, cold, uh, snowy, icy. I parked in the parking garage across the street from the building where our station was at. And I walked across the street. And as I stepped up onto the sidewalk, yeah, the sidewalk, uh, right in front of the station, the building where the station was, um, I stepped and my foot went out from underneath me. I completely went up in the air, and it was almost like slow motion. And I landed flat on my back, uh, base of my neck. Right on his spine, right here. Yeah. And, you know, when you fall and you're, like, uh, embarrassed, you're like, oh. Anybody see me? Anybody see me? <laughs> and you and you, you get up really quick. Well, I went to get up real quick, and I couldn't get up. Yeah. I couldn't move at all. I was completely paralyzed from the neck. Down. In the cold. In the cold. Downtown Cleveland, where there was a shooting the week before. Five o'clock in the morning. And I was laying there on the sidewalk. And that was the scariest, most terrifying moment of life. You're telling yourself, get up, move your leg, move your arm. And there's nothing you can do is lay there. And thankfully, a girl was coming into the building not too long after I fell, and she had them call 911, and uh, then uh, some other folks came, the, the fellow I worked with on the morning show at the radio station, he showed up, and, you know, we called 911, and the the uh, ambulance showed up, and the sidewalk was so icy that the EMT guys had to be really careful and gingerly walking around me or they were going to fall. That's how icily and slick this thing was. And it was it was dark ice. I couldn't see it. And they ended up cutting my coat, cutting my cut shirt. jeans. Cut my jeans and everything. Um, I got to the hospital and got a sack of clothing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they, they put me in the, the ambulance. And uh, they were wanting me to sign things and stuff. And I'm like, I can't. Well, why can't you? Because I can't move. I can't move. And uh, took me to uh, Metro Health, uh, which is the only 
trauma is it trauma hospital yeah in in that area like where all the gunshot victims go and yeah stuff like that. drug addict overdoses mm-hmm. you name it and um they they took me in they wheeled me in and i asked them to call my wife they called and they called and they called and they couldn't get a hold of her and uh but at that time i worked for i was the supervisor at an apartment complex and people would call off early in the morning to me and I would constantly be waking up early in the morning. And so I got to the point where I just shut my phone off at night so I could actually sleep. And I regret that <laughs> because he tried calling and tried calling and my phone was shut off. And finally, I, when I had woken up for work was my alarm went off. Um, I saw that I had a lot of missed calls and his mom called me and said, Hey, Joe's been in an accident. I need you to be calm. And like, she's like, I think he thinks he's dying. He was saying goodbye to me in the ambulance and I'm just in complete shock and didn't know what was happening. I mean, it was a good two hours late from when he fell and I just started to shake and I, I was, I was just shaking and it was winter time. There was snow on the ground and I was just shaking and crying. And I called my sister who lived like hour and a half away. And my sister's like, I'm grabbing some clothes. I'm calling off work. I'm, I'm coming up right now. Like, I'm, I'm going to come get you. And so I waited for her to come all the way up to Cleveland to come get me. And then she drove me to the hospital. She and I went to the hospital. And by the time I got to him, and he was still in um, the emergency room. Yeah. And by the time I got to him, it was a good four hours after your fall, wasn't it? He was in a room by himself with a neck brace on, not able to move. They wouldn't let me talk to him on the phone. They wouldn't let him call me while he was there. I got there and found out he was alone by himself in that room for so long. I went off. I feel like the second I stepped into that hospital to the second we left that hospital, I was just going off on people. (laughs) They weren't very, like, they were good with what they did for you, but their common courtesy for family was just crap. Well, you got to think about it. Uh, They're a trauma center. They see the worst of the worst. And... If they've they've got to kind of numb them, they'd be a, a basket case all the time. I'll numb so, them. so I could see that, but also they've got to remember they're dealing with human beings. There, of course, it's a hospital, so there's no decency. I mean, it's just it was it was terrible. That part was just I felt had so much guilt, and I still struggle with that today. I mean, I to this day, like we have constant contact, no matter what, <laughs> like. I have a I have an Apple Watch solely for the purpose of when I'm places where I can't have my phone out and Joe can get in touch with me. Like it's it's just that's something that has triggered me accident. And that's just the beginning of it, folks. Well, I I was oblivious to a lot of what um all I could remember was uh before before the surgery uh I I needed to have emergency spinal surgery. Uh, what happened was, see, the bone around my spine uh, got crushed in and bruised the spinal cord. And they had to go in and cut away the bone from the spine to breathe. And, um, it was a very risky. Very risky surgery. And the doctor <clears throat> was basically saying, well, it's, it, it, there's a good chance he'll die. A good chance he'll be a, ahead. But be prepared. May be permanently paralyzed. He may die on the table. And it was like a ten percent chance that he was going to be able to walk again. Like yeah. that was how slim of a chance. It was. 
But so Joe, Joe grows extra bone. So he has a disease called dish, which we found out before the fall. Like we had just found out about it before. The fall. And he grows extra bone throughout his body, like all throughout his body, like around his toes, everything. And so when he fell and he bruised that, his spine was swelling and the extra bone was just crushing it. And the doctor said, look, if he, you even want him to even have a chance of walking again, we have to do this surgery. And we usually don't like to do spinal surgeries until the spine has calmed down. But he said, we don't have a choice here. And he said, what we're going to have to do is they're, we're going to have to put probes in the spine. And when we feel it, when we can tell it's about the spasm, we'll, we'll pull the scalpel away. That's how that's how dangerous it was. At nine or ten o'clock at night, they they wheeled him back for the surgery, and I just remember seeing the doctor getting like two cups of coffee for himself, and I'm just like, and it was going to be a three hour surgery, four hour surgery, and so Joe's parents were there, Milton and Laura were there with me, and so was my sister. My sister was she was a godsend for me during that time, and we just sat there. And mostly silence but I just remember being so stressed and my sister tried to like put her arm around me or hug me and I was just like don't touch me and I I just looked at her and I said I'm only going to say this one time if Joe does not come out of this alive you need to take me I don't want to talk about it <laughs> and then we were just quiet and before the surgery I do I do remember this but I looked at you and said if I come out of this just ahead kill me and I said absolutely not <laughs> I won't do that. And then after he was all better, I yelled at him for that. I still yell at him from that. Don't ever put me in that position. I won't do it. But I get it. You were scared. And I was terrified. You, terrified. you were a little out of your mind because they did have you on some major drugs because you were in a lot of pain. It was pretty scary. I mean, we kind of knew he, it was in a, in a small way. It was not a small way, actually in a big way. It was kind of godsend that it happened because we, we knew about the dish. We found out about the dish. And the doctor had told us before his fall, he might have to have some neck surgery done because it's getting really thick around his neck, the, the extra bone. And so we had known about that. And then I think it was like two weeks later, you fell. And because he fell outside, so he fell outside of the Halley building in Cleveland, which is a very famous building in Cleveland. If you've ever been there, Halle Bailey, the actress, Halle Berry, the actress, she is named after that building. She grew up in Cleveland. Her mom loved the building and named her after it. You know, because he fell walking into work, think, good Lord, his boss called me while we we're um, waiting for the doctor to come. And he said, hey, Amanda, I'm just checking in on Joe. And so I filled him in on what was going on. And then he's like, I just want you to know this is all being taken care of. This is workman's comp. You know, we're going to take care of this. Don't worry about a thing. Well, I'm starting the paperwork now. I can't tell you the like, uh, there's no relief during that kind of time when you're spout. I just spit all over <laughs> when your spouse is like, you don't know if they're going to live or die. But that is like one kind of, that was, that moment was just like, okay, I have, I have, I have something, you yeah. know, to hold on to. The people at CBS radio and CBS radio, I can never thank them enough. I can never thank our workers comp representative who went to battle for me. I felt like I had to fight. A lot while he was in there because he was paralyzed and i felt like that they weren't giving you enough attention like you didn't even have something to call a nurse on i had to ask them to find a way for you to be able to call a nurse because they wouldn't let me stay there with you that i i was so mad 
They wouldn't let me stay there with him. He's paralyzed. He was having spit build up and he kept choking on it and they kept having to come in and like suction stuff out because he couldn't get it down. And they wouldn't let me stay with him because I was nervous about him choking in the middle of the night and he, he had no way of calling a nurse. And like, and so I had to finally argue and, and fight and get them to get them like they have, they do have call buttons, but they're, it's like a slab and he, he could lift his hand up enough to like smack it. I remember that. So they tried that and then they tried, I think, a, a blow tube thing for you but there was just so much that you know sometimes when your family members in the hospital you have to fight for for them and i felt like with this hospital it was a lot of me like i felt like i was just in fight fight mode i was just fighting yeah so joe came out with a tube in his throat let's talk about that <laughs> he was he doesn't remember this part thank goodness um but he came out of surgery and he was in, in intensive care and he had a tube down his throat. So what do you expect after, especially an excerpt? And like all the family came to see him. I remember Megan coming in your room and like holding your hand and crying. And and Joe and I have like these little things that we do. Like we have a little pat thing that we do to tell each other we love each other in public. And so we, I would do that with him and then he would squeeze me back the same number. Like it was, I was so happy when he, when he did that. But I think we were on day four of you having that in your throat. Four or five. I don't remember. It's kind of blurry. I was I was very sleep deprived during that time. Um, but I kept asking the nurses, when is the tube coming out? Oh, the, tomorrow. They're, it's coming out tomorrow. The next day. Oh, is the tube coming out today? No, no, no. Tomorrow. 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 We were going on like this for almost a week. <laughs> I was getting so angry. And so finally, I just went off on the nurses. And I'm like, look, you guys keep telling tomorrow 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 and it's not happening for days you've been saying that to me i need answers and you need to find someone to give me answers because i am not going to leave here and i was going off on this nurse and i said i know it's not your fault you're not the only nurse that's told me that but i need someone to come down here and give me answers as to why this isn't being taken out and so finally the and the guy who did your surgery the anesthesiologist that did the surgery they had him come down and talk to me and he's like look miss ledford when we went to put the tube in Joe's throat, he has a very narrow trachea. And he's like, it is such a narrow trachea, I struggled getting a tube in his throat. And he's like, the problem is, is that because it was such a high-risk neck surgery, if I pull that tube out too soon and he's got swelling in his neck, there's no turning back and he will die. Like, he's like, there is, I can't, I would not be able to fix it. You know, he's like, if we pull it out too soon, he's, he's done. And I said, why didn't you tell me that? Of course, I don't want you to take it out. He can leave it in forever if that's the case. But just that communication just wasn't there. And I was struggling and didn't know what was happening with my husband. Is, is he dying? Is he living? I didn't know. He had a two minutes there. He couldn't even communicate with me. He was so jacked up on medicine. And, you know, I felt very alone in that moment because not very many people could be there at that time. And it was just me. And I was literally going to work, driving straight to the hospital, coming home. If I have time to clean myself off, great. Love on the cat. Slept for a couple hours. Went to work. Like, this was my life for months and months. I was so exhausted. So the lack of communication was just a frustrating thing ever. But when I, I do remember this, when they finally did take it out, they pulled it out, and the first thing that came out of my mouth was, oh, I just want to kick the crap out of you. <laughs> you said you wanted to punch him, I think. I just want to punch, punch you in the right face now. or something. Yeah. Something because like, uh, I was so mad because it's just it's so shocking that being pulled oh. out of your throat. It's it yeah. 
and they wising they wisingly that's not a word is it? They wisely were, they were wise they they, they were wise enough uh words are hard they were wise <laughs> enough to do that when i wasn't around because i've i've seen my grandmother have a tube taken out of her throat and i was holding her hand and it is terrible it is just like some, a dry tube coming out of a dry throat oh i'm so glad i wasn't there but they surprised me. I walked in to see him. I didn't know that they took the tube out. And he was sitting up and he goes, hi, baby. And I was just like, <laughs> I just started crying. And I think we're going to stop there for part one. Yes. Part two is going to be His rehabilitation. going to rehab. Yes. And so uh, thanks for listening to the yes. watching the podcast. Please subscribe. Please share it. And uh, if you have any questions, leave them in the comment section below. And uh, part two is going to be very soon. And remember, I love you. I love you. God, God loves, loves you. you. And, and we'll keep, keep you forever, forever and ever, ever and ever, and right? Ever. Boop. Yeah. 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 yeah.